Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So my plea right now is we have to be much more full real estate development. Uh, I think we have right now 11 cranes uh, in the city, uh, and I would like to see 20, 30, 40, and not in one or two years, only one or two. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is one of the most creative marketing minds in Chicago, a man who has put those skills to work over the last four years to market Chicago as a site for business investment. But he's now giving up that role. Michael Fosnacht, CEO of World Business Chicago. Thank you for joining us, sir. Good morning, Frank. Thank you for having me on your show, I think, for the third time. Appreciate it. Why are you leaving now? It's really a personal decision after four intense, fascinating years to see, you know, what is my next professional chapter? Uh, because this four years, uh, you know, were a big learning curve for me personally, but also growth. I'm proud of what we accomplished, but uh, I will not go anywhere. I'm a thousand percent committed to Chicago and to my civic work here. But no, you know, I'll take maybe a bit of time off and then see what uh, life brings next. Most people don't leave half a million dollar a year jobs without something in the wings. Do you? Not that you need it, but do you have something in the wings in terms of an opportunity or several? I don't have signed up anywhere yet. And like you said, I'm very fortunate to be independent. Um, for me, joining this job four years ago was, was a pay cut, honestly regards in comparison to my previous jobs, but but I loved every moment of it. And I'm really full of gratitude for people who supported me, who selected me for this role. And I got so much uh, amazing outreach in the last 48 hours to, to thank me and and they want to stay in touch. So I'm, I'm proud of what we have accomplished. When a new mayoral administration takes office, it is somewhat expected that the top jobs will change hands. But you're being followed out the door by two other leaders at World Business Chicago, Vice Chair Melody Hobson, co-CEO and president of Ariel Investments, and technology executive Michael Tebby, who spent the last decade promoting Chicago to tech startups. Tebby was kind of pointed in his criticism of Mayor Brandon Johnson by telling Crane Chicago Business, quote, I don't see the focus on the business community that I have seen with other mayors. Do you agree with that? 
So Mayor Johnson has been supportive of me and the organization since the day he got elected. Uh, you might remember on the day of his election, he called me at night at 11.30, which is normally my, my bedtime, but uh, connect with him. And since then, whenever I needed something from him personally to join meetings, to uh, pitch and promote Chicago, he always been there for me. Um, so and I continue to be supportive of the city and, and provide him with my counsel advice and, and any topics that he might want my advice for. But what did Michael Tevy mean by that? And do you agree with it? I think every mayor's office is going through a growth phase, a learning journey. And I think we have to be realistic. Mayor Johnson's team have been in place for six months now. Um, so there's still a long uh, road ahead. Um, I think he did a great outreach, especially at the beginning of his tenure now, um, to the business community. Um, so my job at Warby Chicago is interesting because I have two bosses ultimately. I have the mayor as our chair, and I have now 104 CEOs and C-suite executives. So I'm always the, the balance between both worlds. And I really focus on my role to tell the mayor's office what I hear from the business community, how can we really drive inclusive and a prosperous economy, but also tell the business leaders how we have to, as business leaders, think more broadly and look at all 77 neighborhoods because if there is not economic growth in every single neighborhood, we cannot long-term call ourselves an amazing global city. You and they have watched Johnson for the last six months. What do you see and what is their temperature about his relationship with them or the lack of it? I, I would reframe it. First of all, the business community is not one homogeneous group. There's a lot of different voices, a lot of different perspectives. Uh, secondly, it is partly less about the relationship, it is about actions. It is about signaling to the business community, not just in Chicago, but nationally and globally, that Chicago is a great place for corporations to expand and relocate, for talent to move to and build a career. And third, which we sometimes forget, for capital to invest. I just had a meeting with the mayor, and I think he understands this very well. We are competing every single day, not just for corporations, but for investments. For $100 million is being invested in Denver, in Singapore, and Chicago. I think the mayor and his team learning as well. We have to tell a story through words and action that we are attractive for these investors, talent, and corporate leaders. Well, let's talk about the actions. In the first six months, the mayor has asked one heck of a lot from the business community. He and his progressive city council supporters have phased out the sub-minimum wage for tip workers, approved the nation's most generous paid leave policy, put a binding referendum on the March ballot, quadrupling the real estate transfer tax on property sales over a half, one and a half million dollars, doubling the tax on sales over one million dollars, slightly reducing it on sales under that threshold, all to generate a hundred million dollars to combat <clears throat> homelessness. Johnson has also signed off on two straight up to the maximum property tax increases for the Chicago Public Schools, which face another huge deficit down the road when the federal stimulus money expires. And that is to say nothing of the fact that he has not asked for any yet 
of the $800 million in tax increases on businesses and wealthier Chicagoans to help bankroll the billion dollars in investments in people that form the cornerstone of his anti-violence strategy. Business people are also concerned about crime. Has the mayor asked too much of the business community too soon? I think it's, as you know, probably I'm a big soccer fan. And the soccer game goes for 90 minutes. If you look at the, the term, the four-year term, we are probably now minute 15, minute 18. So it's still very early in the game. Um, I do stress to the mayor and this team as well, um, we have to continue signaling through action and word that we are open for business. And I'm hopeful that the next couple of months and, and years, the next three and a half years will show in word and action that we want cooperation, we want capital here. You're right, the first six months were probably very focused on some of the ordinance um, you have outlined. And now let's see what the next six or 12 and 18 and 24 months bring. Well, there could, the other shoe could drop. What, I mean, when you think about these taxes that are still waiting in the wings. Yeah, but I'm also, it's not just the mayor, it is the city council. And I just, my key top line message is always, we need both. We need an inclusive economy that looks at every single resident of 2.8 million residents, but all the prosperous. We need to create conditions where everyone can build an amazing career for individuals, but we also need to build the conditions for corporations and capital to be successful and to make money. Because we are, and that's, I'm public on this, I'm a capitalist, but we do believe in regulations and, 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 and rules to make sure everyone can profit from that. But we are a part of a global economic system to be competing in. And I'm very vocal on this internally, but I'm optimistic. I'm an eternal optimist. And I, I like Mayor Johnson a lot. He has been very respectful and supportive of me. And now I'm looking and I'll be vocal on that. What happens now the next three and a half years? Well, but his first budget included none of these 800 million in tax increases he championed during the campaign. Those are waiting in the wings. Governor Pritzker has opposed many of those ideas, including the proposed financial transaction tax, a revived employee head tax, legislative approval of the real estate transfer tax, which is why Johnson had to go the referendum route. Johnson also favors uh, a service tax. What are your cautionary words to this mayor as he prepares to implement some of those taxes? So, so first of all, I am a big fan of the financial leadership team you put together with the CFO, with Jill, with, with Annette Guzman, the budget director, and with Chase, the controller. A lot of respect for all three, and I think they're great selections. I have them tomorrow in my, in my board meeting to share a little bit of their vision. And um, the, so this is number one. Number two, I also voice, we need to continue to invest in downtown. We need to, if you look at La Salle Street, for example, it's a seven block where we are very fortunate Google is moving in invest. But the city as well need to look at La Salle Street and how can we improve the streetscape? How can we build mixed uses? We have to just look at the sending State Street and, and Michigan Avenue. So we have to look at the whole city. And I, I tell the mayor's team, we have to look at investment as well on the south and west side to make sure we have economic opportunities. But we also need a thriving downtown. In the last but not least, I think signals matter. We need to signal globally that we are an amazing global city that is open for business and that welcomes business. That's my message. 
how do you signal that? You don't do it with those slew of business tax increases, do you? You know, you know, friend, as you know me, I believe big in an inside voice and an outside voice, uh, you know, raise two children. You know, uh, I was never a fan when business leaders are critical of our city publicly. I will not do this here today on your show. Um, uh, like I said, Mayor Johnson has been very supportive, respectful to me and our organization here. And I'll continue providing my counsel in any way that he uh, asked me to. Would you ask him or urge him to tread softly and carefully before he implements any of those? I never comment because that's not my area of expertise, individual policies. I do think it's important we need to have some action, some legislation that welcomes business. If it's, you know, um, like, you know, the outdoor dining um, audience that he approved and pushed forward. And I think it's not just him, it's all the city council uh, to make sure. Um, I think sometimes if you look at, let me allow me an example. I look at the Fulton market area that, as you know, is doing extremely well, attracts investments, it has transformed. What is one of the reasons? One of the reasons is Walter Burnett, the alderman, who always, in my point of view, balances a growing neighborhood to make sure as well as an inclusive neighborhood. I believe we need more aldermen like Walter Burnett who understand the balance of seeing every resident in the city and what, but also its business-friendly and welcomes development. And Walter Burnett is one of the reasons why the West Loop is doing well in Fulton Market, besides great developers like Sterling Bay or one of the most creative developers, Jeff Shapak. That is the magic recipe to be successful as a global city. Business people are also concerned about crime and the rash of robberies that have sadly become a nightly routine. Has the mayor done enough about that? Friend, you know, I'm not an expert in, in, in safety and, and policing. Um, I will not comment on that. I think it would uh, really uh, extend my, my, my confidence in area that I shouldn't. Uh, I'm not qualified for. But how concerned are the business leaders that you deal with about crime? I think, as you know, the murder rate has declined now two years in a row. The robberies are unacceptable high right now. And I think the mayor knows that. And I think he made a great uh, selection with the new superintendent. Um, and, you know, my, my role as a resident in the 43rd Ward is as well, when I see police officers, to thank them for the service because they have a very difficult job. And, and the one thing I learned over the last four years, you have to realize the police force is, is I think, 13,000, 12,000 people with a massive budget. It's a large local organization. I wish for one day there's as well either chief operating officer or someone who from more from the private sector who understands human resources, culture, training, because a lot of, I think, the, the challenges to continue to reform CPD is a management challenge, but also because of my bias from, from, since I come from the business world, the private sector, I think we need to continue transforming this organization, but also thank the police officers every day for an incredibly challenging, difficult job they're doing. The mayor is one of the few mayors I've covered who does not have a business advisor in his inner circle. Is that a mistake? I kind uh, you clearly know more than I who is part of his inner circle. Um, and I'm still for the next few months a CEO of World Business Chicago, so I consider myself an advisor to him and his administration. Um, so um, I cannot comment on who is in or who is out of the inner circle. 
What about the migrant crisis? If this had happened under Rahm Emanuel, for example, I would imagine that one of the first things he might have done would have been to summon the business titans to the table and ask them, maybe demand that they provide money and manpower and maybe even space to house migrants now sleeping on the floors of police stations at O'Hare and Midway Airport. The mayor has not done that. Should he be enlisting help from the movers and shakers, particularly now that Pritzker has stopped the migrant camp at 38th and California in Brighton Park? So allow me two topics or two, two comments on this. Uh, one is it is short-term a migrant crisis, but long-term a migrant opportunity for our city. Clearly, I talk from personal experience, and I'm an immigrant to this great country. We need immigration at a city. We should welcome them, make sure they become productive part of our society. In Chicagoland, we have over 230,000 open positions right now. We need migrants who came here in tough circumstances, who are clearly dedicated. So I just want to reframe this short-term, yes, painful, long-term opportunity. Secondly, I talk with all of business leaders. They are ready and willing to stand by. They see this as well as an opportunity for our city long-term. And I think when calls up on, they are ready to help and make sure we can solve this, this humanitarian crisis that we are facing right now. So what should the mayor do? Should he call them in and ask them for space and money? What, what should he do? I think it was reported, you know, he reached out to the real estate community to figure out can we have some more spaces available. I think I know that some of the real estate developers and leaders are putting their thoughts together. So he did reach out to the real estate community, and I think they are thinking right now, how can we help? So really, I think the business leaders that I know are very willing to step in because they see the challenges every day, but they also see the long-term opportunity. United and American Airlines, O'Hare's two largest carriers, want to slow down, dramatically scale back, or indefinitely ground the airport's massive terminal expansion project, the Global Terminal, and the two satellite concourses that are now $1.5 billion over budget. What will Mayor Johnson do about that? What should he do? So first of all, we cannot overstate the importance of O'Hare. When I talk with corporations, O'Hare Airport is one of the key reasons why corporations love Chicago, why they stay here, why they expand or relocate. So the O'Hare Airport is not just an economic engine, but also a long-term competitive advantage. I'm not involved in the details of the negotiations, but I hope they come to a solution because we do need an improved airport. Uh, I fly a lot. I'm a, a loyal United 1K member. I'm proud of it. Um, so I hope they, they find a solution that works for the airlines, for the city, and for everyone. We, we need, and I, I'm sure the mayor and his team is focusing on this, with the governor as well. I think that is a critical topic for our city. Former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who negotiated the original deal in a hard-fought negotiation that saw United and American at each other's throats, they're together now, but they're, they weren't then. He said a deal's a deal, and the airline signed a contract. They got the gates and runways they wanted and needed, and now the city needs to get what it wants by way of this global terminal and all that comes with it. Should Johnson hold them to that original contract? So I will not comment on, on the details of the negotiation and what Mayor Johnson should or should not do. That is not up to me. I do have to say, I just saw Ambassador Emmanuel, who I call him now, um, in, in Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, and I always enjoy listening to him and 
and he's a, he's a brilliant uh, strategic political mind. So it's always worthwhile to, to listen to our former mayor. Did you stay in his uh, big mansion, the one that MacArthur used to live in? I did not stay, but he was very kind and his wife to welcome us because we had a delegation there. And I think we are very fortunate to have him representing our country in Japan. He's very popular there. I think he's doing a tremendous job as an ambassador. There was talk then, and there's talk now, that United might be threatening to move its corporate headquarters out of Chicago. Is that a real threat now? And if so, what should Johnson do about it? How I think about this as a business leader, and I said this in my LinkedIn post uh, when I announced my resignation, we as Chicago have to fight every single day to have the right to have a company like United in our city as a productive and positive force. We cannot take this for granted. I have 104 board me members who are paying board contribution. My obligation as a CEO is every day to make sure they feel valued, respected, so they are supportive of my organization. We as Chicago residents have to think the same thing about people, about people investing their money, and people who want to stay. Allow me one example. Um, Joe Monstredo, the owner of the fire, he is willing, as you know, with the practice facility on the west side to spend almost $100 million of his money to build a world-class training facility. We should welcome and thank people like Joe Monstredo for the investment, for the willingness to bet on our city and not make it more difficult for him. But what about United? Is this now a real threat or is it just them saber rattling? I I cannot judge that. I go back to my principle of how I do my job. I take nothing for granted and I fight every day for it. So do you think that they are that there is a real threat that they could move their headquarters out of Chicago if this negotiation on O'Hare and so, the overruns aren't reined in? So let me reframe that question, if I may. I think the media loves to focus on HQs and corporate relocations. The key economic growth is not that. The key economic growth is if I'm a company, where do I invest the next $100 million? Do I invest it in Chicago or in Denver or in Miami? That's much more difficult to, I know, to write about and to track, but that is the majority of economic growth. Not the relocation or HQ is where do I invest the next $100 million? That's how I believe we need to think more. 18 months into the pandemic, you had the foresight to predict, and you told me on this show, that the traditional work week that drew 600,000 employees to Chicago commercial spaces Monday through Friday was likely to be replaced by a two or three day a week hybrid. You said the stay-at-home shutdown had created an appetite for remote work, and you were right. At the time, only 30 to 40% of the downtown workforce had returned to the central business district at least three days a week. Even now, it's hovering around 50%. You said then that Chicago needed to think more creatively about making the city attractive to come downtown on weekends and during the week and not just for work, about reinventing attractions, getting a bigger share of leisure people, uh, experiential retail. Has the city done enough of that? So first let's take a pause and acknowledge that you called me publicly in a strategic area, right? Thank you, Fran. 
I appreciate that. Second, if you look at downtown and the future of downtown and what you're referring to, there are three groups who make and break downtown, any urban center. These are the residents who are living there, the office workers who come, and visitors and tourists who are spending time and money there. You have to look at all three. I think we have done really well with residents. If you look at the demographic numbers, Chicago's downtown is one of the fastest growing downtowns in the country. So I'm very happy with residents, what we have done. We do need more housing, and I'm happy to talk more about housing because I think we have not done lately enough about building more housing units, overall housing units, and for the affordable sector. Second, office workers. We need to continue pushing return to office, but we also have acknowledged it's probably three to four days a week long term. And third group, visitors and tourists, we need to create more activations and reasons why people should come down. That's why I'm a big fan. If it's Lollapalooza, NASCAR, other events that people give reasons to come downtown. So we always have to look at all three, residents, office workers, and visitors. I think we have done a lot, but we always need to do more. Right, because um, you, you can't, you can't to, rely yeah. on Lollapalooza and, 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 and no. NASCAR because that's a one-time-a-year <laughs> event. You've got to have experiential retail, the Macy's yes. space that you talked about reprogramming and not looking for a new mm -hmm. Macy's but making it a destination. That's still vacant. Where do we go with this, with Michigan Avenue, so, et cetera? So very good question. I, I think there are probably four or five key strategies. On, if you spare a look at the three key commercial corridors downtown, Michigan Avenue, State Street, and South Street, we need more conversion of office space into mixed use. Big fan of this. We need to continue driving this. We need to change the streetscape. I think the South Street has some work to be done. The city should be a leader on that. Michigan Avenue is better than the north side of Michigan Avenue. I'm a big believer the connectivity to Oak Street is under-leveraged. We should think big. Why don't we have a bridge from Michigan Avenue to Oak Street Bridge? And you know, one of our top uh, architectural design firm here, Gensler, has some interesting thoughts and plans on that that I think I'm very intrigued by. We need more ground-level activations and, like you said, experiences. We just created in the Hancock Tower like a French pop-up store together with the city and the, the French consulate. So I completely agree with you. We need to just continue to be a leader, be innovative, break, break through and interesting. What about the Macy's space? What becomes of that? What should? I, I, I cannot decide what should. I think you're right, but it's all about uh, experiences. Um, but you also look at some of the spaces, you know, if it's a water tower or so, do you build more residential units? Because we have to realize if we look at the numbers right now in regards to real estate construction in the city for residential units, we are not doing as well as we should be. We should be much more focused on building more housing units across the all cities, downtown and south and west side, because the demand continues to be super strong, supply is not. I'm very concerned that in 2026, 2027, 2028, the range will increase significantly and take one of our advantages as an affordable city, especially young professionals will take this advantage away. So my plea right now is we have to be much more pro-real estate development. Uh, I think we have right now 11 cranes uh, in the city, uh, and I would like to see 20, 30, 40, and not in one or two years, only one or two. Yeah. Do you do that with that transaction tax? Are you worried about that? I will not comment on this with the transaction tax. That's one of my uh, areas as a, as a 
still CEO of Wealthy Chicago, I will not make public statements on policies. But it's not going to help. It's not going to help you, you put more cranes in the sky. Like I said, friend, I'm happy to repeat myself. Several mega projects are stuck in neutral. Lincoln Yards, Central Station, uh, the 78. Why is that? What we will become of those? I think that's a very good question. I think we have to distinguish between macro, uh, macro trends that are national and local ones. I'm a big fan of Lincoln Yards, and uh, I work a lot with the Sterling Bay leaders. I think the building that they have put on Lincoln Yards, uh, I cannot recommend to visit it. It's a phenomenal building. So I think it will probably take longer to develop, but I'm as long as the Chicago continues to be attractive, I think this will develop. Uh, I think they save 78, um, you know, to discover a partnership institute. I think they're now on the plan of hopefully groundbreaking next year. So you need an anchor tenant. It's a great site. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the, the one central, that's a very ambitious plan. Bob Dunn and some other leaders. I think the, the, the need to create better connectivity, to special to the south side, to the museum campus is correct. I'm not the design or infrastructure expert to figure out what is the right solution, but we need to have a much better connectivity to the museum campus, to Soldier Field, and as well then to the south side. And you say Soldier Field. What do you think happens to the Bears and what happens to Soldier Field? Do you think they go to Arlington Heights or one of the other suburbs uh, luring them, or do you think they'll stay here? And if so, what will Johnson have to do to keep them here? I don't know what, what they will decide ultimately. What should he do? Um, what know, should I'm, Johnson I'm, do uh, to try to keep them here? I think we, he has to, like like I do. I mean, I'm very fortunate. You probably saw in the press. Uh, Cameron Murphy from, from the Bears is joining my board here as well. It's going to be our regional focus now at Robert Chicago. I'm, 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 I'm really happy about that. Uh, I think we, we, like he's done, I think he had conversation with, with the Bears, uh, looked at a couple of options. Um, but but we have to look at holistically because Soldier Field is a jewel. Whatever the Bears do, Soldier Field, either with or without the Bears, needs to continue to be an attractive destination. I'm sure you were at the Taylor Swift concert, had a great time, and you see again with a phenomenal images. I was not. <laughs> I didn't see you in the crowd, friend. Can't afford it. Can't afford it. And no, no, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, though, I thought you were Swifty. Do you think? What makes you think that? Do you, do you think that the mayor needs to build a new stadium for the Bears? Because Soldier Field economically for the modern day NFL does not work for them. I don't think it's it's about him building a new stadium. It has to be a partnership. And as you know, today's sports teams um, financially need as well entertainment options around the stadium to make this long term viable. And that had to be part of the conversations. I thought the three options that Mayor Lightfoot presented were uh, structurally probably the, the right options. But now it's all in the execution. And, and, and as you know, uh, construction of stadiums, have, the costs have in significantly increased over the last three years. So it's becoming a slightly more complicated decision, I'm sure. Are there sites that you'd like to see him consider for a new stadium? Because building on the lakefront is perilous. You can't add structures, the lakefront protection ordinance, et cetera. The, the interesting thing is when you asked me the same question, I think the first time I was in your show, and is that my favorite place is always Chicago. 
Okay. You're are you sure you're not running for office? You're a politician answering some of these <laughs> questions. Could, or I not answering, yeah, should I say? No, no, no. Um, I ask. I, I'm a little bit like I, I was waiting for the question, friend, because normally you ask a lot of people on your show if they run for office. And I can publicly state I will never run for office. Invest Southwest uh, was the signature program for Lori Lightfoot. Johnson says he wants to rename and refashion it. What should become of that? I think it, I go back again. What is the problem you're trying to solve? We need more economic opportunities and platforms on the south and west side. We need more housing units affordable on the south and west side. We need more amenities. Whatever you call this, whatever structures, whatever the right proposal and initiative is to solve these three challenges is the right one I'm supportive. In all three, economic opportunities, housing, and amenities like restaurants, cafes. And I care less about the name, despite being a marketer. I care about the initiative who addresses this. We need it. And I give Michael my Fosnott, life a lot of thank credit. Thank you so much for your service to the city of Chicago. I hope you stick around. You're a very creative mind, even though you got yourself in trouble with that Chicago, not Chicago thing that maybe a lot of people didn't get your sense of humor, maybe. But uh, you've uh, done great work over there. And we'll wait and see what happens in terms of the leadership of that very important business private organization that sells Chicago. Thank you, friend. And we will see you all next week.